0: This is your host, Eris Silva, welcoming you to today's Pikesville Podcast episode, consisting of a segment by Nicholas Ferdman on teaching virtual PE and the PHS Mail Forum, an interview of the Young Ladies Forum conducted by Owen Vento, and an interview of the sponsors of the Art Club hosted by Ryan Cornblatt. First is Let's Get Real with Nicholas Ferdman. Today's topic is focused on teaching physical education virtually and discussing the PHS Mail Forum with special guests Mr. White, the head of Pikesville High's Physical Education and Health Department Chair, and a fellow Pikesville High student, Emmanuel Brown.
1: Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. My name is Nicholas Ferdman, and this is Let's Get Real, the show where we talk about getting real in Hikesville High School during coronavirus times and here with me today. I have fellow student Emmanuel Brown and I have Department of the P uh Department Chair of the PE and Health Department, Coach White. Emmanuel, how are you doing today? Good.
2: And Coach White, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Nick. Thanks for having us.
1: Of course. And so um Coach White, you're are the head of the department chair for PE and health. Yes sir. You you are the yeah, let's just say that. You are the department chair of the department of, of that. Yeah. So um <laughs> uh, how 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 does that all work especially in coronavirus times, virtual learning and all that? How has that been affected if you will by the obvious pandemic that's happening? And if you know anything about the athletics programs that are happening and how that's going on, you can talk about that, too.
2: Good. Good questions, uh, Nick. It has. Well, first of all, being the department chair um, for Pikesville High School for P.E. and health is awesome. I love it. I have an awesome department. Um, I have Mr. Merrick. I have Miss Higgins. I have uh, Miss. Um, Carlo who has just joined us um, doing dance and um, PE. Of course, I have Ms. LaVerti who's also our athletic director. Um, During the pandemic, as with any other department, it's been very difficult. Um, We've had to manage um, how to uh, get physical activity done, because even though it's hard for every class, It's especially hard when our class is based on activity and being able to see the students. And a lot of students don't want to turn cameras on. Um, But fortunately, we have developed some strategies to encourage our students to turn cameras on so we can at least have a little bit of normal. Um, But it's been challenging, but we've been able to do it. Hmm.
1: And um, what... what, um, What... Challenges do you have to face as department chair? Like, I know that this basically what I just asked, but like, how? No, it's it's
2: actually a little different. I, I that actually is a different question, and so I definitely um let me let you finish your your question. Um, but I, I I think that's a good one.
1: Like, what challenges have been needing approach through? like during these times as to be the department the head of the the department chair what yeah, challenges yeah. have come with the virus about those
2: responsibilities. Got you. So with the with the pandemic, um first let me say that being a department chair, let's take away the pandemic. Being, uh, I'm the only African American department chair at Pikesville High School, so that is a challenge. Um, It doesn't make you the most comfortable. I'm also the only high school uh, PE and health department chair in all of Baltimore County. That also makes it a little uncomfortable. um, But that has prepared. uh, Being able to do that has prepared me for anything the pandemic can throw at me. So. the other thing that makes it um, uh, manageable with the pandemic is once again, the great department I have, we work as a team um, and everyone looking at you as a department chair does make it difficult at times. Um, but what helps is working as a team, instead of trying to um, come up with all the answers we work off of each other and we figure out how to problem solve when it comes to everything that goes with the pandemic.
1: Hmm. Okay. Now um now Emmanuel, I think I'm gonna go to you. Um because Coach White and Emmanuel are both members of the of the mail forum, which would you like to explain Emmanuel what you guys are doing in the mail forum?
2: Um well I would say, basically we're talking about black excellence, how we can make Pikesville a better
3: community for those that come in and what we can do in order to, well, help build motivation in students that are lacking in classes.
4: Mm.
1: And And uh, Coach White, can you elaborate a
2: little bit? Yeah, well, first of all, I, I thank Emmanuel for being a part of the interview. Um. I taught Emmanuel when he was in ninth grade in in physical education, and it's it is a pleasure to also work with him as a member of the male forum. So the male forum is the purpose of it is to give young male students at Pikesville High School a voice to allow them to have an opportunity where they can share their opinions without being judged, where they can hear from other people um, and uh, whether it be other teenagers other male teenagers or other guest speakers um, that is what we do we're also trying to grow the program we're trying to um, especially when when the pandemic is over we want to do some fundraising so we can do more events and different types of events we want to be able to do special activities and we want our young men in the male forum, to have a presence at Pikesville High School. We want them to be able to um, show excellence as Emmanuel just said, and to be able to assist in different programs around Pikesville so that everybody recognizes, oh, that kid is a member of the male forum. And I want them to have, when they when they say that, I want them to have a certain attitude toward that student because I want them to expect that student is focused on being excellent.
1: Mm. and um and what do you guys like what do i get your purpose like what do you guys do good question what what are the actions that are taken towards these goals in the mail forum?
2: excellent excellent good question uh so some of the things we do we have collaborated with several teachers there's a team of teachers working with us that help us in different um Different tasks involving the the male forum. For example, we have a guest speaker um, committee where we are looking for um, entrepreneurs, doctors, um, lawyers, athletes, coaches, professionals who can come and talk to our young men about life skills. Because that's you asked. You know, how do we get there? What do we do? We want to present our young men with as many uh, professionals talking to them about what it takes to be successful in life. Because a lot of times, kids don't just want to hear from their parents. They want to hear from other people who are doing things or going to places where they want to go. So the more voices they hear, sometimes it kicks in a little bit better. Um, We're also doing check-ins with them to check in to see how is school going. We're checking on how are they doing academically. We're checking on how are they getting along with their teachers. And um, because that's just as important. Not only is it important for them to hear from other people, it's important for us to hear from them about how they feel about life, how they feel about school, how they feel about the pandemic, all of those good things. Mm.
1: And um, on the topic of guest speakers, who have you had?
2: The Senate, um, we've had some, I think we've had coaches, right? From different, yep. schools. Uh, yeah, yeah, just and yeah, so far, yeah, so good, yeah, so far, so good, yeah. We've had, we've had uh, Senator Bobby Zirkin as well, we've had um, coach Keith Brown, a college uh, basketball coach, and we also have had several of our own teachers. Um uh Mr. Merrick, um uh, Mr. Lambert is is coming up as well. Um myself I've led sessions as well, but we kind of combine who we have in the building and we have some more coming up between now and the end of the school year as well as professionals outside of the building.
1: Um out of curiosity and this is probably going to be our last thing for the day, what um who is the next speaker? out of the building. So excluding teachers, who will be the next guest speaker?
2: Yeah, it's it's kind of a it's kind of a ever changing situation based on people's schedules, based on the pandemic. So right now that the next guest speaker is not scheduled. However, um what we did at the beginning of the school year is we actually asked all of the members of the forum the type of speakers that they want to hear. So, based on that list and based on the type of people they want, we go back to that list and that determines who we look for in a guest speaker. So, we don't have one on the schedule yet. We have teachers on the schedule, of course, but we don't have an outside person. We probably have maybe two more outside people, but that's still to be determined.
1: Who are the guests, who are the people that you're trying to get
2: So some of the different types of people that the young men say that they want to hear from are entrepreneurs, um, people who have overcome uh, difficult life circumstances, um, people who know a lot about finances um, and can tell them about about money. Um, Those are uh, some of the areas that uh, we've had some of that, um, but those are some of the areas we're still looking to bring in um, between now and the end of the school year, so basically role models for As Emmanuel said, yeah.
1: That's interesting, um, ladies and gentlemen. I think that's actually all we've got for you today. Um, Emmanuel, Coach White, thank you so much for attending today. This has thank been you, um,
2: Nick. Thank you for having of us. Course.
1: Of course, um, this has been. Let's get real. I'm Nicholas Verman. Have a good day, everyone.
0: Next is an interview conducted by Owen Vento of three members of the Young Ladies Forum. Dr. Lewis, the founder of the forum, Ms. Romito, an overseer of the team, and Taylor Dames, a student representative.
5: Hello, everybody listening right now. Welcome to the Pikesville podcast. Today, we have a very special interview with three members of the Young Ladies Forum. We have Dr. Lewis, who is the overseer and founder. We have Taylor Dames, who is the student representative, and Pamela Romito, who also helps to oversee the Young Ladies Forum. Okay, now, Dr. Lewis, first question. So you are the founder, is that correct?
6: I wouldn't say I'm more so the founder of this organization. It was shared with me through the um, through our principal, Mrs. Reed. She asked me if I would take the baton and, and um, organize and, and coordinate this um, this great forum. And I took it from her and um, it, it birthed into this. And, you know, we're doing it in a remote setting, so it was a little bit different than what I would have envisioned that We were been, you know, have been able to meet in person to do this. So I would, I can't take all the credit for establishing this. I will say that this is the brainchild of um, our principal, Mrs. Reed.
5: Okay. Um. So really, anyone can answer this. What is the young ladies' form, and what exactly do they do for our listeners who don't know?
7: Okay, I'll go. Um, we have a little thing that we read in the beginning, but I cannot exactly remember all of it. But. Be- <laughs> basically it's a place for young ladies to talk and express who they are with no judgment and we recently we've been learning about um, like women that are empowering we had some quotes from Alice Walker we've learned about Amanda Gorman so we get to learn about other young other women that empower us and we get to express our feelings okay um,
5: so what? Now, what kind of topics besides uh, women who are empowering to you? And um, like, what kind of topics do you cover in regards to women? Like, like, do you talk about politics or everything? Like Kamala Harris is, for she's a big role
8: model. Um, so I can start this question. Um, so we definitely um, have used um, highlights of Kamala Harris in various activities um, because, you know, the first female and um vice president is incredible and inspiring in so many ways. Um, But when we worked on the curriculum for this group, we tried to think of different, you know, vague topic areas for each session that would collectively help, you know, support and encourage young women to be well-rounded. So some things that we go over is like social media etiquette, um, you know, ways to represent yourself well on social media accounts and on the internet and why it's important, Um, you know, different things in terms of like all the different types of women we bring up and highlight. they serve a different purpose, um, and they usually align with whatever topic or content area we're going over. Or you know, next month is Women's History Month, so that'll be a huge month for us to just learn about all different incredible women. Um, But the ultimate purpose and the areas that we go over with everybody and the activities we come up with are to make everything relatable. Um, Because at the end of the day, if the young ladies can't relate, we're not really giving them an opportunity to learn anything. Um, So we definitely just try and make it um, relatable and relevant. And at the end of the day, at the end of the year, we hope that they've learned bits and pieces of a variety of things that'll help them be the best version of themselves. Wow. Interesting.
5: So I might ask besides women's history month and that discussion about social media etiquette, what discussions, what sort of, typical discussions have you had so far and what discussions or events do you have planned for the future? So
6: I'll target that. And then I think Taylor wanted to chime in too. So um, <laughs> so as um, Ms. Romito said, she actually hit the nail on the head with a lot of topics that we've already talked about. Um, if we were to echo, re-echo back with social media etiquette and talking about how we would present ourselves on those social media platforms, we also created digital vision boards to um, pretty much help us along this, um, this journey during the year. Um, like I said, normally vision boards are done on person with a bunch of magazines scattered around the table, but um, we did it in a more remote setting to help us, you know, meaning myself and Miss Ramito, get to know the girls on a more intimate level. Not like that, but on in the sense where they will be able to, we will be able to really help and support them the best way. Um, So we have definitely um, targeted some things. Of course, this month is Black History Month, and being as though we have a very diverse group of young ladies, um, we definitely touch bases with um, those pivotal people in Black History Month, and not only talked about those in history, but those in our own backyard that we that we typically see on a regular but um moving throughout the year we do have some other topics and from those topics we have subtopics so um we do have some a theme of called making boss moves pretty much motivating our young ladies to um not more so be more so entrepreneurs but to think like a boss all right and then um, also at you know etiquette with finances and then also knowing most importantly power in their voices and they have definitely um shown that throughout this um, organization or what we have been doing thus far that they have power in their voices it's just making sure that they know to have confidence in it you know that you know regardless of what somebody say or what somebody do that they have power and they have worth and they have value so I don't know if Taylor wanted to add on to that or echo that
7: that was great. I was going to build off of what Ms. Romito said about the relatable things. Um, we have done Would You Rathers, Never Have I Ever. And one of the questions or one of the subjects for Never Have I Ever related to relationships and just seeing other girls who have experienced like the same type of things I have, it made me feel comfortable with the group. And
8: yeah. <laughs> and I just wanted to chime in again. Um, my favorite part about this group, well, first of all, we have this every other week. And I think I can speak to the collective. It's what we look forward to. Um, I know it's the highlight of my week when we have it. It's something I look forward to. um, And I'm excited to be a part of it's definitely not like something, you know, check off the check off the to do list for me. Um, But my favorite part about it is that Everyone, including the adults, are super transparent. Everybody gets a little bit vulnerable and is willing to just keep it 100% real. And, you know, in any environment, um, that can be hard to do when working with others. And I especially appreciate, um, the growth and willingness to like, turn on the mic and talk off like out loud, the girls have had, and, um, cause that can be hard with, you know, school staff, you know? So, um, the thing that I appreciate about, appreciate about it the most is definitely everyone's willingness to just be their authentic selves and contribute to the vibe of the group. And it's been really great.
5: Wow. It sounds like it has been going great for all of you so far. Now, it it does seem, it also seems that what, like, one of your main goals or your main goal is to try and teach young ladies how to feel confident in their selves and in their actions or thoughts or were going on into the
4: future? That's
6: pretty much what it is in a nutshell. Um, definitely, we have a more formal definition of it, and I'm not going to, you know, expand on it, but you hit the nail on the head, Owen, and that's pretty much the main thing is just letting our girls know, and I, I like to say young ladies, that they have worth, that they have power, that they have abilities, and what our job is as, you know, me and Ms. Romito is to tap into that, you know, so that they know that as they navigate you know, through their high school journey, that yes, they can be successful in class knowing that they have the support of us. Yes, they'll be able to have that, they have that emotional and mental and social support from us, you know, because we do like to keep it real. Um, And just letting them know that they are not in it alone. And that's the main thing, that they're not in it alone. You know, some of us um, older, you know, ladies that's in the, um, the sessions with them, we've been through a lot of what they've gone through. So it's kind of like we're going back and pulling them, you know, not also pulling them, but, you know, encouraging them and just bringing them along and letting them know that, hey, one day they're going to be able to do this with another young lady that's behind them. So um, we definitely need that 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 social, emotional support right now, given the climate that we're in. So um, it's definitely been a, um, a true blessing
5: working with them. And I'm quite sure that they appreciate it because they keep. Coming. Wow. That sounds like a really great way for young ladies to just, I, I would, I mean, I, I'm speaking from the position of an outsider, but I, if I had to infer something, I'd say that maybe it, you think it's possibility that it's somewhat therapeutic for some of the girls in the session just to get their feelings and words and thoughts
7: out it's definitely therapeutic um the last session yesterday i released like so much i was holding in so much and just talking to people it made me feel so much better and relieved and inspired um we had a quote by alice walker it said the most common way people give up their power is by thinking they don't have any and i talked about how you know, I have been giving up my power and it just made me realize that I do have power in my words and my actions and my thoughts. So just getting that quote, it made me so inspired. And um, I looked up Alice Walker's biography and I got to read about her life, which was suggested by Miss Harris. So it's definitely inspiration and therapeutic.
5: Yeah, and to expand on to your feelings about the form, how specifically Taylor has the form effect affected you for as long as you've been in it?
7: When I first started, I was taking two stressful AP classes. Uh, So when I got to go there Wednesday, I would be so relieved. It felt like a place where I could be myself and not have to worry about school, but I could connect with not only students, but also the teachers and staff. So just having a place where I could be me and not be judged was great. Yeah. Wow. And one other thing, I'm sorry,
6: Owen, and I want to echo um, specifically if I can just target Taylor for a second. Um, one thing I truly, truly um, admire about Taylor is that, granted, I worked with her as one of my students in geometry last year, but um, she has been one of our very faithful members who has been there since the beginning. And um, I have seen her grow from the very first session that we've had up into this point. And it just, it just, it really does my heart with joy when I hear her talk. It seems like each and every session, she talks more and more and more, and that's not a bad thing. I'm saying in a good way because it's very important that we as young ladies and women realize the power of our voice, and she has such a vibrant and amazing spirit, and I think this, um, being a part of this, has you know, I can't speak for her, but I, I just feel the vibe that it really tapped into some some gifts and some abilities within her that she probably didn't even know was there, and um and that just really shows that you know we're making a difference with this group, and I my motto is even if we just have one girl that come one girl, and she keeps coming. We've already accomplished our mission, but the goal is is that we know Pikesville have a, have plenty more young ladies that we believe could greatly benefit from this great incentive. So, you know, having someone like Taylor a part of this, as well as the other young ladies that have been out um a part of this forum, it has been a blessing to see them evolve, and I just love hearing them talk in our discussions. It's just it's, it's empowering, and it and it is like a nice little um. Wu-Sai in the middle of our weeks, um, just to be able, just to to be ourselves and just be authentic and have fun doing it, and knowing that it's okay. So, you know, having a, a, a young lady like Taylor that's a part of it as well as with her other um, colleagues it's just been it's been amazing. It's been amazing, and we just want to share that with more young ladies in in Pikesville.
5: So it really does seem like a sort of feel good experience for all the members, just to say what they want to say and for you as the overseer and for miss ramito as another overseer it also seems like a feel-good experience for you because you get to see every time you meet how your i don't know methods are making young ladies become more confident and and aspired overall i guess
8: definitely and um as everyone was just you know talking about the different ways that um our group meetings are therapeutic in a sense. Um, I feel like the best way to describe it is kind of like soul food um, because it really does like feed the soul in a way that like in a traditional classroom for a teacher like Dr. Lewis, like, you know, she can try and incorporate fun, relatable, real world things, but like that's not going to really cater to teaching everybody geometry. Right. And as a school counselor, you know, I would love for, my only expectation of my role to be doing these like wholesome lessons with people. But that's, you know, that's not the reality. Um So it gives us an opportunity to come together. And the best part about it is, is that, you know, everyone isn't necessarily, you know, divulging their current stressor or anything like that. It's therapeutic in a sense, because it makes you think like Taylor just shared about that that quote that really like, enabled her to shift her mindset about a situation. Um, So all the things that we do have such positive energy um, and it gives everybody, including the adults that are involved, an opportunity to like feel grounded and to reflect and maybe even have a mindset shift. Um, And so it's, it's really energizing really. Um, And it's like Dr. Lewis said, it's like the best way to have, um, you know, a midweek checkpoint On the weeks that we have our group.
5: What, how do you think, not only going back to hybrid learning, but just, you know, moving forward in general, how do you think the young ladies forum is going to change? Or how do you think the young ladies in the young ladies forum, how how do you think they are going to change? as people
7: i think the forum will change because i think if i get to see the members in person we can connect in a different way and i get to see uh, the overseers in person we'll get to connect it's like more of a face-to-face conversation and it's more intimate and i think we'll be able to become more confident and comfortable when it comes to speaking out loud and just having that eye contact and that connection with each other that's how i see it is I get to grow and build more friendships and relationships with people I don't get to see in person. And that's the aspiration.
6: And that's why I wanted Taylor to say that first, because that's what we ultimately want to lead to, where the girls can be able to interact with each other, not only in person, but build. it's kind of like a miniature sisterhood. And it's hard to really build those meaningful relationships virtually. You know, and granted, I feel like we do have a connection virtually, but it's nothing like when you're in a physical setting, you can see people, you can know, you can pick up from their mannerism, their gestures, and also learn that eye contact and things like that. So. You, we can learn they we can learn more about them and they can learn more about themselves more so in a physical setting than they can virtual so a lot of what we 're doing we're definitely taking in what we see and what we 've you know done through the sessions and definitely synthesizing it so that when we move forward in person we can better support our young ladies. But I feel like what we're doing virtually right now, it, we're, we're actually doing the best that we can given the, the, the dynamic. And even though we're transitioning to a hybrid setting right now, um, we're still gonna be doing this session remotely. So, you know, it's the, the hope is that moving forward, we can have more in-person interactions where we can do more hands-on empowerment activities, have more um, people to come, you know, guests come in in person and have those interactions and symposiums. You know, granted, it's, it's okay to do it virtually, but I think, like I said, having those in-person interactions will be great. Um, I do, the, the topics that we've discussed, I don't believe we will change them if anything, we will try to have more activities that'll evolve with them, where they can all be done in person. So um, Taylor definitely um, hit it on the head with the hope that I was thinking of moving forward with this um, the session. This is what we would want to do to make it more, you know, interactive for the in-person experience. So granted, they got an experience virtually, but we want them to have a more filling experience so that if they was to see, if the young ladies were to see each other in the hallway. They won't roll their eyes or try to pick a fight with each other. But yet yeah, they say, hey, that's my sister, hey, girl, and giving each other hugs. And you like, hey, girl, and all that stuff. That's what we want to, and we want to bring about sisterhood. We want to bring about friendships. And um, that's the whole thing, building meaningful relationships. So, you know, that's what we would want to do more of in person, you know, because it's really hard to do that remotely.
8: Okay. Ms. Romito, would you like to take the floor? <laughs> sure. Um, so I think, um, in a more like big picture mindset, um, I hope that more ladies, um, hear about the forum and become interested or at least interested enough to log on, um, because ultimately I think that, you know, if people show up one time, um, you know, and it works in their schedule, that it's such an enjoyable hour um, that we would grow. um, And I think, you know, hopefully back in person, however that's gonna look and evolve over time, Um, you know, even with virtual, it's not ideal, but to be honest with you, I'm on Google meets and Zoom calls and phone calls, 24 seven, I feel like and this virtual meeting feels different than all the others. So I agree um, with, with the other two in that, um, you know, I really think that we are effective in doing the best we can in creating a vibe and a culture in the meeting um, and the group. But I, I do hope to see it grow um, as it becomes more known to, to fellow students. Um, and and I hope that that starts to happen even maybe before the end of this year, if not next year.
5: Okay, sadly. I, I'd love this interview to go on, but unfortunately, we have to conclude this. Um, thank you, uh, Taylor, Dr. Lewis, and Ms. Ramito for uh, partaking in this interview. And uh, for all you listeners, uh, thank you for listening to this segment. and. I hope. Uh, I don't know. I hope that you'll listen to. Yes,
6: and don't forget. I got to add this sidebar again. We are still seeking members. This is an open forum for young ladies. And remember, as Ms. Marito mentioned earlier, we meet two. Oh, I'm sorry, twice a month, um, and we meet from ten thirty to eleven thirty a.m. PHS Young Ladies Forum is our Google Meet, and these announcements are also made on Wednesdays with Mr. Goodman. So he will let you know those dates. And again young ladies. We hope to see you there.
0: Tell your family and friends about the Pikesville podcast. Follow us on Instagram at Pikesville podcast and subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple podcast, and Google podcast apps. If you want to join a team or be a guest on a future episode, Feel free to send a message to Mr. Smith at gsmith6 at bcps.org. To tie our episode off, is an interview hosted by Ryan Kornblit of Miss Porter and Mrs. Sherwood, the sponsors of Pikesville High School's Art Club, discussing the importance of art in society.
4: Hello, podcasters. It's Ryan here. I'm with Miss Porter and Miss Sherwood, Pikesville's ladies of art, and they have a lot to share with us today about teaching art virtually what art has been like in their personal lives, their own perspectives on it, and art in society, too. So we'll just jump right into it. Whoever would like to go first, would you mind just giving you a brief answer why you're interested and why you became interested in art?
3: Porter? Yeah, sure. I'll go ahead. So I went to... Towson University for my undergrad and the professors there were so inspiring. They always talked about how they were working on something outside of our class and personal art. So being around such creative and inspiring people really propels you to make art on your own. Also thinking about, I was really interested in abstract expressionism and art history. I'm an art history nerd. And um, just thinking about how we are surrounded by art and we need to have that outlet for us to feel like we can express ourselves.
9: And Ms. Sherwood, do you want to go? Sure. Um, well, I'm quite a bit older than Miss Porter and my journey has been very different. Um, I, didn't, I went to a really small high school and we were in sports and music and I didn't even have art in high school. But I was always creative and always painting and, and making things. So I went to college. I knew I wanted to be a teacher. I thought I wanted to go into PE. So my minor's PE. But I said, I really love art. So they put me in, you know, all the beginner courses and I completely loved it. And then they asked me to stay as a grad assistant. So um, they paid for my master's. So I just flowed through those six years and created a a strong body of work. And I kind of felt a, a lot more accomplished than I would have at just four years um, with my undergrad, so that was kind of a lucky break, and then traveled a bit and was a graphic artist, always painting. Had several art shows. A brief period of time as a full-time artist. Um, my starving artist years literally were—you could do nothing else but paint. And so I've been really fortunate to have those crazy, weird times, and you know, painting with cheap stuff and and not having any money to do anything crazy and build out things but you know I've just been pretty fortunate and so ending up here at one of the greatest schools I've ever worked in is just so so lucky to be with Miss Porter who's a blast so. So,
4: Miss Porter you said something that struck me as pretty interesting so you were talking about creativity do you think art can be made in a vacuum kind of without other creative influences do you think creative influence are necessary for art what's your take on that?
3: Oh, definitely. I think when we're talking about something like the pandemic where we're all dealing with all these different emotions at once, um, I'm so thankful for my students and my art students right now. They bring me so much joy. We talk about different animations. We talk about different art history references. Um, So... I definitely think that you have to have something that you have inside of you to propel out and try to convey your personality, your identity, and what type of struggles you've been through.
4: Sure. And Ms. Sherwood, you were saying also you had a lot of education in art. Do you think that environment developed you as an artist and do you think that's necessary for everyone who wants to pursue art?
9: That's a tricky question. I mean, everyone's situation is so different. Um, I use my story to with my kids because I was so green and I really didn't know what I was getting into and was um, in my freshman classes at university with people that had had multiple multiple art classes that I, I had no idea what the, they even were and I think my excitement because it was new propelled me in a way that kind of resting on, Oh, I've always been known as a great artist and I've had all this experience and kind of, you know, conversely, you get some kids that are just a little too cool for school. Like I know everything already. Um, So I think being green was a benefit for me. I just, just so excited about everything I was learning and I still am. And I believe that creative people are just, it's just something you have to do and it can be destructive if you don't have time and space to create, like, a singer or a writer, a doodler, a scribbler. Um, it's just something you have to do. Like, I have to make stuff, usually a mess. But, you know, I'm not. <laughs> always <laughs> constructing
4: something. I think it's so interesting. You're an art teacher and you're using the idiom saying that you're green. I find that super funny. It just really shows Miss Sherwood is super into her arts her whole life. She's I can see her background right now. You guys can't, but it is literally a ton of things she's painted. Um, you teach art, right? What do you see as some of the most important qualities or aspects of someone who wants to learn to be an artist, of course? You know, some people start out and they can just draw crazily. Unfortunately, I'm not, you know, I'm personally not gifted. I can't even draw a bunny rabbit too well. But what do you see as being important in teaching art? And are there certain fundamentals that you just got to have? For me? Either.
9: Yeah, with um, education, being able to, you know, have a wide vocabulary about the arts just helps you communicate yourself. You can absolutely have a successful art career with, you know, without any training absolutely um but to, to have a broad knowledge of the elements and principles and how they relate to each other with different media and as Kate was saying with art history and how all that connects with every subject um it's just one of those things that the deeper you get the more you realize how much you don't know um so anybody that was isn't looking to to grow as an artist or with their information, they're just, you know, they're limiting themselves.
4: Sure, so you both have touched on this theme of art is not just important as a singular subject, but it's more broad than that. Miss Porter, you called that an outlet. You just gave a description of that. So industrial design, right? Things, te- you know, sometimes people see things and they don't look nice. It goes with cars, a super well-built car. If it doesn't look nice, people don't like it. So do you see that? Kind of industrial design is being also part of art and do you see do you think lives could be probably improved aesthetically and stuff if people were able to interact with things that i guess would be better to look at in a way
3: so are you are you noting like the objects having to be aesthetically pleasing is that what you mean
4: yeah sure so you know if a big, big clunky computer screen might not look nice, I'm not really sure if that's considered art or not, the people who designed that, I'm sure it is though. But do you see that as being an important facet of people's lives just at an application for artists who maybe want a different career option?
9: Yes, absolutely. Um, Package design and any, and I, Always And and Miss Porter does too. You tell your kids to look around in the room like they're at home, just what you have on your body, what's on your desk, what your computer looks like, what the apps on your computer look like, the pen you're holding, your phone, every single physical object had designers along with the engineers that put it together i mean all of that it has to feel good in your hand it has to look good you need to have choices um especially with cars yeah one subtle line a bend in a car can make it like oh that's the one it's kind of hard to articulate sometimes but it's just a feeling you get just like music why is one song universal to all well it ticks all these boxes that are kind of a general yeah that's good kind of a situation so sometimes we can't articulate what it is we like but the designers behind the scenes know what it is that you will probably like because it does boil down to selling selling stuff (laughs) makes (laughs) the world go real
4: yeah so art you know I feel like there's a kind of an archetype of a starving artist you mentioned it earlier Ms. Sherwood but there's definitely career paths in art that aren't just you know, painting or sculpting. So I was wondering if you guys could talk a little bit more about those. What are the career paths for people who wanna be an artist? Because there is this stigma, there's not that many career options. So hopefully you guys can elaborate on that.
3: Oh, definitely, definitely a lot of different options. Thinking about how we, as we are going so virtual, all of these companies need to now s- switch the way that they're advertising to completely digital. So um, thinking about advertising and how Ms. Sherwood was talking about packaging, design, Um, being an art educator, if you um, want to be working with children. I also am really interested in art therapy, using art and therapy together to help uh, younger students who are experiencing trauma. You know, there's just so many different ways that you can bring art into there's so many different art careers
4: awesome well thank you for talking about that you mentioned doing art virtually so i understand that's probably been a huge challenge this year so will you talk about your experience teaching art in person and just how that's totally been uprooted because of the covid pandemic
9: i personally uh last year was both of our first years at um pikesville and so just learning all the um Ins and outs of all the programs you use here, because it's different from even the next county over or the next school district over. Um, and being a, a painter, I'm not. I've had digital art career, you know, career as a graphic artist, but that was 15 years ago. And as you know, everything changes dramatically from year to year. Um, and I went into education because I love people. I've always, you know, been a swim instructor, camp counselor. I've just I love interacting with kids and get them excited about. Um, learning, you know, and having fun and and having a positive self image. So virtually it's hard because they often just screens off. Right. So I'm just entertaining myself half the time. Um, and so that's hard. I really appreciate their writings in the chat, you know, that's really helpful, but I really miss that, you know, interaction.
4: So, over covid and digital learning do you think have you guys developed any kind of you would call unique or maybe novel strategies to teaching kids about art
3: i've been really looking into the art historical elements like especially around protests or injustice and trying to bring in a lot of really awesome art pieces that are older and showing students that other people have gotten through the same exact things that we've gone through. And they did that through expressing themselves through art and being able to have these conversations with students by using art as an outlet has been really helpful. And my students say that being able to talk through some of these really hard issues by using art is so helpful for them in their mental state.
4: Yeah, that's definitely very strikes a lot of the deep emotions in humans, just people create art and they associate it with movements and it kind of represents something apart from words, which is a thing people might call cliche, but that's super interesting. I'm curious, so you guys both have talked about art history a good amount. Are there any periods of art that just really strike you or inspire you? All of them. <laughs> I'm Even not very
9: inspired in- by the... early cave paintings but I mean it historically it's just goes back to man wanting to be making marks I mean that's what art is you're making marks you're you're scratching in a wall I'm here you know I'm here I have something to say or I'm angry and I did this and I you know often ask my students you know raise your hand if you've never used your pencil to write your name on your desk or scribble anything on your desk and it's just like just something man does you know I say man encompassing everyone so mark making is just always been around and then having different media and exploring and experimenting um and that is has been the same through time and to see how historically it's changed where so many artists that was their life you know for years and years dawn to dusk and and humans now it's harder for a fine artist to to be just an artist um because somebody has to feed you and you know so it's just kind of different life lifestyles have changed and um the movement's kind of all flow through now
4: everybody dabbles in a little bit of everything that's interesting you say that so art can be very expensive for the average person to buy sometimes why do you think certain artists or paintings works end up being worth a lot more than let's say others what do you think are some of the components behind that
3: i last year i remember bringing up some jean Michel basquiat paintings with my students and we were playing the guess the how many millions they were worth and for some strange reason, that's really what was bringing the engagement with the students. Of the when I told them, "Oh, this is a hundred and eleven million dollars." That's when they would take their heads up. What? What? A hundred and eleven million dollars? Because then they're comparing it to the big, big dogs, like thinking about like Van Gogh or Picasso, and. I love to talk about the art world and how it's, it's just whatever you make of it. You have to just think about the art world as it's similar to social media and that whatever artist is really popular at the time, well, then their, their art, the price of their art starts skyrocketing.
4: So why do you think certain artists price painting works prices go up do you think it's because they're hitting a note that just appeals to people you mentioned before social movements so of course something that's associated with a certain period of time i know for picasso the guernica painting had a lot of implications about world war one and stuff do you think an artist it's not just about your raw ability to make things look nice but maybe also just hit a note that resonates with people and that maybe makes their prices go up or do you think it's something different i don't know if
9: it's so much what Exactly. It looks like, I mean, I've been tempted to buy certain things just because of the feeling and emotion that was, that I was given by looking at it. It may have reminded me of my kids or some wonderful moment I had had in life. Um, There's a certain look or color patterns and and energy and work that I want to choose to have in my own home, but I have a deep appreciation for for so many things. I mean, I love sculpture. I love kinetic sculpture I, I appreciate it all because I can imagine making it all. I, I enjoy making. So I would not invest in a real, you know, and spend half my earnings on a, a work like that because I could imitate it probably and get the same satisfaction out of it. But art is also an investment just like jewelry. Um, you know, that just goes with another echelon of people. If you've got the money and you want to invest in it and you can, you'll always have it like you would a really expensive Tiffany necklace or something, Um, just in life commerce, it's, if you'll pay that much for it, I will sell it to you for that. Um, I've had art shows and I'm, you're having to pull numbers out of your head thinking about what, what they would buy, how much time I've got in that painting. And that's just me that doesn't have a name. It's just somebody that enjoys it and thinks they can afford it and have a place for it in their home. Um, yeah, it's a lot of crazy stuff in the art world for sure. And that's just like clothes and fashion. You know, why do people spend $1,000 on a pair of tennis shoes? I would never do that. But for some people, they would save up forever to have it. That name brand or whatever it is, they just have to have it. So it's just whatever somebody probably what's popular, what somebody tells you, you should have if you're able to buy
4: it. Yeah. And that kind of reminds me of another note you guys are mentioning, we're talking about price is a lot of commercialization, especially online right now, just these big corporations kind of co-opting art, you know, they put certain pictures behind paywalls. I remember, I forget what the big, maybe Christie's is one of the big auction houses Mm -hmm. and they have all these pictures of an auction and the actual picture, the painting was blurred out and that's just so funny to me because, you know, it's it's like a painting. What do you guys see happening for the commercial art world in the future? Do you see it becoming more of a viable career for people just to focus solely in art? Do you maybe see people who focus in engineering to kind of take over industrial design? Maybe people who are involved in graphics and coding to take over visual studio stuff? What do you guys see happening in the future with commercial art?
9: I think there will always be a niche in all of those areas. Um, There are many crossover individuals. I mean, there are many doctors and surgeons who are fine artists, photographers, um, figure drawing pros. You know, an individual can cross over a professional athlete into into the arts, you know, so that's completely unique and one will never take over the other. Um, you can acquire new skills that go along with your profession and they kind of overlap, especially with industrial design and creative arts. And I think having a, a broad base and all of that just helps you be a stronger um, person in whatever you're choosing to, to go for forward with whatever pays your bills you know the, the more you can learn and diversify the more valuable you are um, but you've got to have a job that you love
4: yeah that's very important because if you don't have a job you love your life will just not be happy at all Do, would you say most artists are happy with their jobs because i feel like it's kind of one of those professions where to people who go into it know, hey i'm not going to be cutting the six-figure paycheck and i'm really going to be in and really like in the trenches trying to scrape by. So would you say artists are generally happier?
3: I feel like artists, at least, you know, that they have the opportunity to be expressing themselves and they have that sense of freedom. And also the sense of this might, like, I don't have to stick to one thing. I can be fluid, which is a freedom that a lot of people don't have in their career. That's
4: interesting. So you guys are artists, but you're also art educators. So let's say you have a student and they're seriously interested in pursuing art as a career. What what would you recommend them? Are there art programs or colleges? You know, most kids, they go to high school and they'll go into college or community college or they get a job. What are the paths artists can take and which ones would you guys recommend? Well, mine
9: is such a weird path. I think your desire dictates how high you'll fly. Um, there's a lot of luck involved. Uh, art institutions like MICA, you have to have a pretty decent scholarship or a lot of money because they're they're very expensive. They're very elite. Um, that does increase your chances of getting more of a, a decent job when you're out because you've got a pedigree. Um, My school was not an art school, and I didn't know anything about that sort of thing. You know, I didn't even cross my mind, Mm -hmm. but I was just excited for the arts, and we've moved a lot, so everywhere I go, I just immediately try to find jobs in art and education, and I've had a million jobs and little side jobs. I was working with Art Heart here and, you know, all these young Baltimore groups until I had this one and subbing i have a teaching degree and that's pretty great so i could sub and then paint on the side so i've had to be very diversified and creative with my income um, without sacrificing what i love to do yeah to add on to that
3: miss sherwood i want to stress that having a portfolio of your work collecting your work and being able to show it professionally is going to be able to put you in that category where you will be Uh, respected in in terms of um, getting into an institution so just knowing that I wish I knew that when I was in high school I didn't really save anything I didn't photograph anything so if I were to give any advice to anyone is to collect your work and to save it and to have it with you so you can start building a portfolio
4: awesome so this one is for both of you each if you guys could Keep one work of art with you for the rest of your life, and that's just the only one you can keep, you can't own any other ones, what would it be? And I know this is probably a hard decision, Miss Porter seems a little stressed out by it, but if you guys I know the- what she
9: would pick. <laughs> what
3: would she <laughs> pick? Is it our own artwork or a
9: famous artwork? Not your own. Well, mine for would- sure would be um, a finger painting my son did in first grade. It's just- oh. Beautiful,
4: it's beautiful.
9: <laughs> That's the right answer. <laughs> it's framed. It's framed. It's in my pool table room. It's beautiful,
4: Miss Porter. I don't know if you're going to be able to give a better answer than that.
9: <laughs> <laughs> I would give my left arm for
3: a Basquiat if I could get my hands on one of them. Um, I love the youthfulness of John McCall, and he's one of my inspirations to become a teacher. So I just. I would do anything to have that type of a type of essence. In your-
4: awesome. And just to finish it off, people generally who are interested in art, they find that love at a young age. So if there's one thing you could each say to your younger artist self relating to art, what would it be?
3: Patience. Drawing practice. is just like a sport. I don't know why my students don't get this, but you have to practice and you have to give yourself, you know, you have to be able to have patience with yourself and go through trial and error. You can't just give up right when you, the first drawing you did looked
9: horrible. I agree. Practice is everything. Practice is everything. And diversify. You know, we love like I love to draw eyes. If I'm do- doodling, I'm drawing the same doodles over and over. And a lot of kids do that. You do what you're good at. That's normal. Um, but force yourself to do life drawing the things that you think you don't like. Like I never wanted to do still lives because it was just took too long and I hated it. Um, but I wish I would have spent way more time drawing boring stuff and, and developing my skills earlier than I did now. I agree. Yeah.
4: Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for taking your time to come see us. I want to remind all the podcasters that these teachers also have a full time job other than the podcast. So <laughs> taking their time to come speak to us is always a privilege so thank you guys on behalf of all the listeners and we'll see you next time podcast okay
9: bye Bye.
0: thank you for tuning in on yet another episode of the pikesville podcast Thank you to Coach White, Emmanuel Brown, Dr. Lewis, Ms. Romito, Taylor Dames, Ms. Porter, and Mrs. Sherwood. We were honored to have you as our special guests today. Also, a thank you to Garnett Jackson for creating music for our podcast. His Instagram is at Y0N3T. Again, thank you all for listening, and we hope to see you again on our next episode coming out in two weeks. Stay possum.